Parakhas Mishnah Dalad Hamachlev Para Bachamar One who swaps a para with a chamar with the Kenyan called Chalipin, meaning Mashach Bala Para as a chamar, the owner of the para pulls the chamar. Through this Meshicha, through this act of pulling, his para is now acquired to the Balachamar within Chalipin, and the Balapara now owns the Balachamar. Even though the para is still in the Rishus of the sellers of the original owner of the Balapara, it's still going to be acquired to the Balachamar. Now, what happens is that this para gives birth. The Enyadua, we don't know. Im Yaldafa gave birth before Kaidim Shemashach Balapar, before the Balapar pulled the Chamar, or if it gave birth after the Balapar pulled the Chamar. Vechena Mocher, another case, Vechena Mocher Shivchaso, one who sells his Shivcha Kananis, and he receives money, but it's still in his domain. When the buyer gives money, he acquires it. Because an Eved Kanani can be acquired through Kesa through money, but it's still in the seller's domain. V'yald and the Shifcha gives birth. Now we don't know. Did it give birth before the buyer gave the money, and therefore the it gave birth while it was still the property of the seller, or did it give birth after the buyer already paid for it, and therefore it's the the property of the buyer? So that um, where the seller says Ad before I sold you the Shifcha, or before I sold you the Para. The shifcha or the par gave birth, meaning before you gave me money for the shifcha, or before I pulled your chamar to to uh, make this acquisition that you acquire my 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 par and I acquire your chamar. Before that, I gave birth, and therefore the babies are mine. But the buyer says no. Me from when I already bought it. Uh, then I gave birth. After I gave you the money, then the maidservant, uh, the shifcha kananas, had a baby. Or after you pulled my chamar, afterwards the. Uh, Para had a baby, and therefore it's mine, says the buyer. So, Yechleku, you divide it. The Gemara explains that Amisha follows the opinion of Sunkis, that holds when money is placed in a position of doubt, we divide it. However, the Lacha does not follow like Sunkis, rather, it follows like the Chachamim, that if a Para or a Shifcha is in the domain of the Mocha, of the seller, so the Lokeach, the buyer, has to bring proof. You, the buyer, you want to prove that these babies that they gave birth to are yours, that they gave birth after you had acquired them? Prove it. Why? Because right now it's in the domain of the seller. You've got to prove it. If you can prove it, then they're yours. If not, it stays in the domain of the seller, like the opinion of the Chachamim, and not like Sumkas. Misha says, Further, if the uh, owner had two servants, one small and one big, and he sells one of them. And so if he has two fields, one big field, one small field. And he sells one of them. The buyer says, I bought the big event, or I bought the big field. The seller says, I don't know. I don't remember what I sold you, whether I sold you the big, whether I sold you the small. Says the Mishnah, the buyer, he acquires the bigger one. Why? Because the buyer is certain, the seller does not know. So the certainty beats the I don't know, and the buyer can take the bigger one. And we explained earlier as well that the lacha does not follow like this, rather. And we take around, we explain, the Mephoshim explain that the halacha is, because go in the cases, for example, the lokeah, the buyer, was tebea from the seller, the value of the um, larger evet, or the value of the larger field. And the seller says, 
I remember if I'm chayef to give you the value of the smaller Eved or of the bigger Eved, or if I'm chayef to give you the value of the smaller field or the bigger field. So it comes out, he's being moda. He's admitting to part of the claim that I at least owe you the money of the Eved cut of the small Eved or the money of the small field, but I don't know the rest. I don't know whether it was for the big one also. So therefore, he's moida ben miktas. He's admitting to part of it. He's chayev eshvua, but because he can't make eshvua because he doesn't know, he said he doesn't know. So therefore, chayev l'sham l'keach. He has to pay the buyer per his claim for the bigger eved and for the bigger field, like we explained earlier back in Mishnah Beis. And Mishnah concludes hamocher omer. If the seller says katan machati, I sold you the small eved. Valan the buyer says omer I don't know. So Elo Alakatan, of course, the buyer only gets the smaller Evid. I don't know. So if you don't know, then you just take what the seller is saying. But Zeomer Gadal, if the buyer says, I bought the big one, Zeomer Katan, the seller says, I sold you the small one, Yeshava Hamboker Shakatan Machar. The seller swears that he sold him the small one, and that's what the buyer will take. And the Gemara asks, why is he making this a Shavua? Neither of them are admitting to each other. There's no Shavuah here. And furthermore, we don't make Shavuos on Eveds, nor on Karka. It's a Halacha. So how do you understand this? So the more explains that the buyer is Tovea, the big Eved, or the value of the big field. And the seller is, he's towing, that I don't receive from the buyer only the value for a small Eved, or only the value for a small field. So it comes out, he is being moda again, but miktas is a part of the claim. Therefore, he's chayev to make a shivua. The seller will swear that he sold him the smaller one, and then he'd be off the hook. And they both say they don't know. Both of them don't remember what they bought and what they sold from each other. Then you you just divide it like the opinion of Sumkist, that money which is placed in a matter of doubt, you divide it. But again, we said earlier, the lacha does not follow Sumkist. Rather, follows like the Chachamim. You have to prove what you want to uh, take from the other party. And if you can't prove it, then you cannot take it. Mishnah, hey. One who sells uh, olive trees for the wood, meaning he sells an olive tree to his friend. They should cut some so that they should be cut down. And the friend, the buyer, should use them for his firewood. But what happens is the buyer, he leaves them in the seller's field for a duration of time. He doesn't collect them right away. And then the olives, they start growing. They give forth like bitter, bad olives. That even in a saw of olives, you don't have a revias, a quarter of a look of oil. And the Gemara explains, this is a except from the expenses that you deduct from the uh, harvesting of the olives and the crushing of the olives. The point is, is that there's less than a quarter of a lug of oil there. So then, the buyer can actually keep that oil. Why? Because since it's so small, the land owner, the seller, he's not makbid. However, us revias lasa, if the oil gave forth a quarter of a lug to a sa, and all the more so it gave forth more, the buyer says, Zaysai Gidlu. The buyer claims it's my trees that brought, that brought forth these olives, and they're mine. Let me keep that oil. But the seller, the owner of the field, says, It was my land that made them grow. Therefore, the uh, olive oil is mine. So, you have to divide it. The Gemara explains, 
holding the trees on condition they should cut them down immediately. And even if they make less than a quarter of a saw of oil, they belong to the seller. Why? Because a buyer was supposed to cut down immediately. If he doesn't, whatever grows is the seller's. And if he says, I'm selling them to you on condition that you cut them down whenever you want, then even if it brought forth more than a quarter of a saw of um, a quarter of a log to a saw of oil, the owner of the olives, the buyer can keep it. Because he's able to chop it, chop it down whenever he wants, if he acquired it right away. So what's the case of a Mishnah? The case of a Mishnah is Shemachalos time. He just told him in general. He didn't make any kind of tonight, any kind of stipulation when to cut them down. In this scenario, the Mishnah is teaching you that if it made less than a revias to a sa, then it goes to the um, to the buyer because the, the seller is not makbid. But if it makes a revias to a sa or more than a revias to a sa, then it, then that's the case that you would actually divide it. What about Shataf Nar Zesav? If a river comes and washes away the olives of Reuven, when the river puts it in the field of his friend Shimon, and then they take root, and they give it forth fruit. So Reuven says, it was my trees that brought forth these olives, and they're mine. Shimon says, it was my land that made them grow, and they're mine. You divide it. And then Farshim explained like this, that the Gemara is talking about a case where Shenekru Ilni Zesim, the trees of Reuven, they were uprooted and went into the field of Shimon, didn't just go on their own. They went around, they went along with a gush of karka, a clump of dirt around the roots. So in this matter, they're able to live on their own through the actual clump that's attached to it. So come as that they'd be exempt from Arla. We know the Lacha is that a new tree you have to wait three years before before you have any benefit from it. So these trees were uprooted and replanted in Shimon's field. Right? Elon Shinakru. But, but, and, and therefore, normally, if they were uprooted and planted in Shimon's field, the first three years are Arla, no one can have any benefit from it. But over here, the case is that the tree was uprooted along with its clump of dirt. And since it could live from that clump of dirt, it's as if it never left the dirt. And therefore, there would be no, there would be no Arla over here. Because Goen said, Dafka, the mission is coming to teach you that Reuben and Shimon will divide the fruit that it grows. And one of these words said, Betoch, within the three years from the time that the uh, these trees took root in Shimon's field. Sha'af al the karka, the earth belongs to Shimon, and that's what's making the fruit grow. Nevertheless, if not for the clumps of dirt that were attached to these trees from Reuven, so Shimon would not be able to take any benefit from it because there would be the principle of Arla. That's why they divide it. However, after three years, everything would go to Shimon, the owner of the field. Shikain Omer, because he'll tell Reuven, Yecholti ba'asmi, I myself can plant olive trees. I'd be eating from them the fruit now. So therefore, after three years, even though your trees came with clumps of dirt, after three years, the fruit go to me. However, Shimon has to pay, of course, Reuven for the value of the trees. Like their value, to sell them. So he has to pay, he has to pay for them. And also the Gemara says that if Reuven says, I want to take my trees, my olive trees, because they're mine, and I want to take them out of the field of Shimon. So we don't listen to him. Because of Yishev Eretz Yisrael, meaning since Hayal Vayur the Ruvain, since Ruvain already had Azizim in his field, Vada Yitashuv Achin will come. He's going to plant more in his field. So therefore, Venim to these trees that are left over, they were planted in Shimon's field, there's a principle of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, Ruvain cannot take them out of Shimon's field. However, Avalam Nemrish, if Avalam Nemrish says it, that Shimon Yachsel Ruvain, as Ilanozav, 
I'm sorry, but if we will say that Shimon would have to return the trees to Reuven, then Shimon will not plant others uh, in their place. Like, just like he didn't have any trees before then. And therefore, you'd be doing the opposite of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. You'd be depriving Eretz of its growth. So therefore, if Reuven comes and tries to claim the trees from Shimon, we don't give it to him. Why? Because Reuven's going to plant new trees anyways. Shimon won't. Um, and therefore, we won't give the trees to Reuven. Let Shimon keep them because of Yishev Eretz Yisrael.